0: Hello, you. My name is Lauren Layfield, and this is your next podcast—the show that podcast fans everywhere have been waiting for. If you're stuck in a podcast rut, or your favourite show is between seasons, or you just need some, you know, fresh serious podcast inspiration you have come to exactly the right place i know it can be hard to find the the audio diamonds in amongst the hundreds of shows on offer and it's pretty time consuming too flicking through them all so that's where i come in i have done the sifting and the sorting for you don't worry Every week I'll bring you the first episode of a brand new podcast which I have personally tried and tested, ready for you to get stuck into. Plus, if you follow your next podcast, you'll get more great suggestions appear in your favorite podcast app, which is brilliant. Uh, you can automatically create a fail-safe list of five-star shows to pick from. This week, the show I am recommending is The Girlfriends, hosted by Carol Fisher. Carol is one of the ex-girlfriends of Bob Birabam, a Jewish doctor from Vegas. She gets together with some of the other women he has dated, and it turns out he has dated a lot, and tries to piece together his pretty bizarre backstory. You know it's very comfortable talking about his
1: practice as a plastic surgeon, but not real comfortable talking about his past. So I'm asking him these questions, and I, in a joking way, say to him, well, what did you do, murder your wife? And his
0: response was, well, what do you know? This is a show that will hook you right from the start because the story is so unbelievable and it's told really stylishly too. The first episode is called The Good Jewish Doctor, but trigger warning, this series does deal with domestic violence. So if that's not going to be good for you to listen to, then I recommend you don't.
1: novel. Hey, listener. I just wanted you to know what to expect from this series before you dive in. At its core, this is a story about solidarity and sisterhood, but it's also a story about domestic violence. There's going to be mentions of physical and emotional abuse, as well as murder and suicide. But at the center of all of it, there is a woman I celebrate in life and death. This is her story, my story, and the story of lots of other inspiring and brave women who often choose to laugh instead of cry. So you can expect some humor and joy too. If you want to taste her before we get into the deep stuff, then this first episode is mostly just fun. Check it out and then decide. If you do listen, And are impacted by any of our themes, you can reach out to No More, a domestic violence charity we've partnered with. They have lots of great resources to help you or your loved ones. You can find them at nomore.org. That's N-O-M-O-R-E dot org. Oh, and just one final thing. I happen to swear like a sailor, and so do some of the other people in this show. That's just who we are. So no problem if it's not for you. Did you find his old house? No. Um, okay. So it's around here. But I don't remember where. I know the vicinity. When I met him, he was already in this house that, like, never really, like, finished. Like it had an unfinished backyard and boxes that never got unpacked and it was kind of weird. Just because he never go around to it? Uh, you know, I just think that he never could settle his life. I think he was always running from the truth and it was all about image. Mm-hmm. So the house from the outside looked good, you know. I'm Carol Fisher. I don't usually spend my time lurking around my ex-boyfriend's houses. I actually live a fairly normal life. I work in end-of-life healthcare. I'm also a mother, a grandmother, and a wife. What I'm not is a podcaster, so everything about this is so new to me. But I have my producer, Anna, who's here to help me with that. And it turns out the first thing I need help with is timekeeping. Oh, two minutes late. I had no way to text you. I'm like, I don't have her (laughs) number. You're not even late. Come into my messy, beat up car. You should see my car. The reason Anna's here is because I'm ready to talk about my boyfriend, Bob, the one with all the boxes. Everyone has exes that they think about after the breakup, but this one, it's unique. I've been thinking about Bob for nearly 30 years And it really did start with that unfinished house of his in Picole Ranch, Las Vegas, Nevada. I remember finding it so odd because the house was so nice downstairs with the fancy kitchen and a comfortable living room. But upstairs, most of the rooms were unfinished. They were stacked high with moving boxes from when he had arrived five years earlier. And sometimes, well, I'd go into one of the rooms to get something or just to be nosy, or both. And that's when I saw it. Hiding amongst the boxes, a trunk with the luggage label on it that read, "Gail Katz Beer and Bomb. I never asked Bob about that trunk. In fact, I didn't ask Bob a lot of things. But now here we are, 28 plus years later, and I am finally ready to open that box.
2: Everybody thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He spoke several languages, he did
3: medical missionary work. He's a doctor, he's a doctor, that's all she talked about. He was a pilot, he had his own plane. He was Jewish. He was the shit. How much better could it get? She said, oh, you obviously don't know about the skeletons in his closet. And I go, what skeleton's in the closet? Run. Run, girlfriend, run. Now shit's getting real. My mother said to me, have you spoken to Gail? Do you know where Gail is? I'll be honest with you, if I saw him right now, I'd spit on him. We very quickly began to realize what a sick fuck Bob was.
1: From the teams at Novel and iHeartRadio, you're listening to The Girlfriends. Episode 1, The Good Jewish Doctor. Our story starts in 1989 in my small hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's New Year's Eve, and the entire city was celebrating the start of a new decade. Gina Perry's throwing one of her famous parties over in Spanish Oaks which is this new Mediterranean-inspired townhouse complex just off Sahara Avenue in the middle of Las Vegas. Think terracotta tiles, swimming pools, and heavy iron doors. Now, Gina's real Las Vegas old stock. Her grandfather came over from Italy in the 1920s when the town's population was just less than 5,000. He wound up in Vegas founding our first luxury hotel, the Hotel Apache. Then there's Gina's mother. She was an original Las Vegas showgirl. It's the kind of heritage that really teaches you how to always buy one champagne bottle too many and how to turn the music up just loud enough.
2: Here's Gina. There was a lot of people in the house, in the living room, it was very convivial. People were laughing and drinking. But like any party
1: in Las Vegas, it wasn't all social. Gina's brother worked in real estate and had invited some of his commercial investors over to schmooze, many of which were physicians from around the city.
2: My brother's friend invited Bob Berenbaum. Oh. Bob's been brought here by his childhood
1: friend, Scott Baronoff, a urologist who really made it big in Las Vegas. He'd recently managed to convince Bob to move over from New York to take up a new residency as a plastic surgeon.
2: I had no idea that Bob was going to be there. I didn't know who Bob was. I remember that he was dressed really nice. I think he had on like a tux or something. And everybody was dressed sharp, but it was not necessarily a tux-type situation. Bob was tall and he had cropped dark curly hair. But the thing everyone seemed to notice about Bob was his piercing, dark eyes. You know, he was just the town's newest, most eligible bachelor. Gina starts introducing him to her friends,
1: including her neighbor, a local chiropractor named Stephanie Youngblood.
2: Her look was, you know, cool and chic. (laughs) That's kind of how I think of her as like a European model type but she came in looking good and Bob was already there. They seemed to
1: really hit it off. And throughout the evening, Gina would pass by them sitting on her big white
0: couch.
3: Six, five, four, three, two,
2: three. After the party, I went to see Stephanie for chiropractic, and she said, you remember that guy, Bob, you introduced me to? And I said, the one that came to the party was Scott? And she said, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's too good to be true. He speaks five languages. He's a gourmand. He's got a plane. He asked me if I wanted to get high, and I didn't understand what he meant, but he meant go flying. I had never saw Stephanie excited like this, but she was like, when you fall in love with whoever you happen to fall in love with, then you go through that little giddy phase where it's just like, oh my God, this person's so fantastic.
1: It wasn't just Stephanie that noticed him. We all did. Well, anybody listening to the description of this guy would think he was incredible. For us single Jewish ladies in Las Vegas in the 90s, he was the holy grail. And it wasn't just us. Our mothers also wanted us to find that rare gem, a good Jewish doctor. Which
3: is like not the easiest thing in the world because we all know all the
1: same people. This is my friend, Mindy Shapiro. We were all on this hunt for love together. And so everyone sort of played matchmaker. I mean, moms would introduce us to their sons as we broke the fast at Yom Kippur. Couples would host blind dates. They would disguise them as dinner parties, but still, zilch. Until there was Bob.
3: The word was out, and another Jewish doctor (laughs) had arrived. I don't know if I know how you met Bob. Oh, I met him in the garage of Sunrise. Okay.
1: So, are you like in the garage stalking
3: him? No, I was walking into the walking into.
1: It was totally innocent. The first time Mindy set eyes on Bob was at work, in the doctor's parking area at Sunrise Hospital. Though Mindy, like everyone, knew who Bob was, it was his janky car that caught her attention first. A busted up, but really objectively cool, mustard yellow Datsun 240Z with a personalized number plate that read Nip and Tuck.
3: In Las Vegas,
1: your car is a very important
3: symbol of who you are. I drove a Honda Civic sedan with close to 100,000 miles on it. And my first day at work, I was preceded into the garage by a Rolls Royce. (laughs) So that there was someone who also had a unfashionable car, (laughs) was something i could relate to this is dr reserve parking so i introduce myself and he introduces himself and he's wearing a suit which in las vegas is a very odd thing but he was carrying his jacket and you could see an armani label out of the jacket pocket and here's this tall good-looking guy with a beat-up car and a label and his shirt tail hanging out and I thought yeah he's more east coast <laughs> this should be a welcome change so that is how I met
1: Bob the only problem is Stephanie latched on Bob first and to be fair their relationship looked perfect They went on ski trips and Stephanie spent time with his family. They'd go flying all over the country in Bob's plane. In fact, it was not uncommon for them to go to San Francisco just for the evening for dinner. Eventually, the news got around that they had gotten engaged. And just like that, another Jewish
0: doctor was off the market for now. To make sure you don't miss any of the series, search for The Girlfriends on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. Once you've tapped follow for that show, don't forget to do the same for this show too, so you can find your next podcast. All my recommendations for the whole series will also be on Podcast Rex at podcastrex.com. That is www.podcastrex.com.